0: Welcome back to Elevate the Podcast, where we have candid conversations about life, agriculture, and rural entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Natalie Kavorik. And so I do appreciate that it's like incentives to, again, better the planet, better our food system, instead of like punishing us or, or taxing us for, you know, the negative.
1: And I'm Tara Vaynerdusen. I like the conservation. I like the debt part of it. I like the forest service, but I just need to see the practicality of it.
0: Happy Thursday. Yes. Happy Thursday, everyone.
1: I can't believe that it's like
0: mid-August
1: already. Like it's past – I don't know. Like it's basically September, it feels like to me right now.
0: I feel like it ages us when we say things like that. Like we're (laughs) total parents that are like, time is flying by. I can't believe August. Where did August go? I mean that's kind of how I feel.
1: My kids start school on Monday and I'm just like, where did the summer go?
0: Tad starts on Wednesday. So we have one one more day and Ted starts. Oh, that's kind of yeah, nice. Yes. I know. And Jax, I don't think I've shared on the air yet, but Jax is starting preschool. Um oh my and he'll gosh, start at the end of the now month. I I yes. know. I am so sad about it. So I don't know. We have big changes coming this year.
1: Yeah. I I feel like this time of year is always bittersweet for me. Like I am super sad to be back on a schedule and like have kids in school and not be able to just kind of like do what we want. And at the exact same time, I'm so excited to be on a schedule and have, like, time planned out in my life. Like, I just – I don't know. I know that is, like, just completely opposite, but it's how I feel right now, so.
0: I feel like I'm kind of in a weird spot because even when we get back to school, because Tad is so self-sufficient as a teenager, it's like he kind of, you know, obviously takes care of his – own schedule. Like I feel like our schedule isn't actually super rigorous because it's not like I'm like running kids around to practices and picking up and doing all these things that like you're kind of doing at the age you are. And so I like welcome school because I feel like it's a really good routine, but it's not like, like I said, it's just not super rigorous, but it still gives our family a little bit more structure
1: yeah the activities thing has been a little bit of a point of issue in our family Guinevere right now has signed up for three activities which is one more than I would like but I think she genuinely likes the things that we have her signed up for so I'm having a hard time so I told her we would let give her till Christmas and then we might have to cut one like I don't know how other people feel about it but I'm just like I like time at home in the afternoons with our families getting dinner ready like just hanging out I don't like I just feel i get very overwhelmed when after school we have like two to three more hours of like running around town like doing things and
0: then coming home
1: like it just makes the day so long
0: it's so funny you're talking about this because Luke and I have been talking about this literally all weekend almost we actually <laughs> we hop skip and jumped up to Canada for the weekend just very quickly and casually it was actually like <laughs> a trip from hE double hockey sticks it was terrible. I was like so worried about you all weekend I was,
1: like, <laughs> are you where are you what is happening
0: you I haven't even updated you on it either it was <laughs> It was so intense just because we obviously that is a long distance in a short amount of time. But we were, we were talking because, um, we met up with his family, um, and, his sister has four kids and they're in a ton of activities. And we literally had this conversation for hours upon like the sacrifice you make as a parents for your family. How many activities should kids be in? How many is too many? How many is not enough? When do you start valuing time at home? Like Luke and I are kind of the same way. We're like, we want to encourage our kids to be involved in things. But at the same time, like family dinner is important to us. And we want to be eating at different times and we don't want to be eating at 9 PM. And we think it's important that you're just in the same household at the same time too. So we're fortunately not battling that, but we, Luke and I spent a ton of time in the car on our car drive talking about that just because we were around his sister who she's really struggling in it right now.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I don't think there's like a right or a wrong answer, but I it's like a, I think a struggle for so many parents. But that's that's currently one thing we're debating in our household.
0: Before we jump into continuing conversations for the updates, do you want to maybe share with our community what we have for them as a resource guide if they join our email list for those of them that aren't?
1: Yeah, so this is something kind of fun that we are adding some new great resources and different tools and all sorts of things to our website to really be able to help you guys. So the one that we're sharing about today is actually our advocacy resource guide. One of the number one questions that I get from you guys, and I know Natalie gets it a lot too, is where do you find your information for the reels, for your advocacy posts, for just all of the things that are like, you know, dairy sustainability, ag sustainability, beef sustainability. So we put together a resource guide and it is a two-page page document just completely filled with links. And we have them broken down into like dairy, beef, um, animal ag versus veganism, agriculture, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, nutrition, like so many things. Um, And then you can just click on them. We have them titled. So it gives you kind of an idea about what it's going to be about and then click on it. And it's all really great, like peer-reviewed articles. Um, Just great sources that you can trust. And so all you have to do is just go on our website and go into the advocacy resource guide. It's one of our tabs and click on it to sign up. And we'll include it, the link in the show notes as well because that's probably a lot easier. Hashtag show notes. Yeah. Everything's in the show notes. <laughs> Um. So yeah, that is our advocacy resource guide. I hope you guys will check it out. If you have like um, great sources too, I'm always adding to this. Natalie's always adding to it. So feel free to DM us those and we can add them as well and share the information.
0: Yeah, I use it a lot for creating material for like content for social media. And it's actually been a minute since I've hopped in there to kind of read some of the stuff. So I think I'm going to put that on my to-do list.
1: Yeah, I this started for me as actually a Pinterest board. And then it grew into this document. And then I just keep adding to my Pinterest. And then once I feel like I have a few, I go back in and add it to our guide. So um, so with that, jumping straight into farm ranch updates.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of alluded to mine a little bit. We spent the weekend, I don't even know, before. I, I'm sure I was alive in the week before. <laughs> during the week but i'm not sure what our family did because all i can think about right now is our trip to canada so we actually went up there luke is what's the word for beyond obsessed like when you're going beyond obsession in this idea of having a cabin in canada for our family and so he grew up his dad that's one thing his dad did with them every single summer from like sixth grade on they went up to canada fishing camp um he has a lot of fond memories he does that now with tad it's obviously at a different camp but um it's just Luke is a man who knows what he wants, and a camp in Canada is one of them. So he actually went with Tad earlier this summer up there. Um, they went with like three. There was three dads and three sons. It was a really fun trip. They had a really great time. And um, the extrovert he is got to chatting with one of the um because a lot of the camps are fly in, fly out. Um, and so the pilot that was flying them in just kind of talking about his love for Canada and how he you know dreams of one day having a cabin up there and. They got to be fast friends and good old Evan sent us a link for a cabin that actually serendipitously came for sale. It doesn't. This doesn't happen often. And so that's kind of why we like crammed this into our schedule to run up and look at it so we could have more of a serious conversation around like what would this actually look like for our family? We didn't want to keep having conversation around it if you know, we went up there in the cabin, it didn't work out or we didn't like something about it. So we hauled. Tad had to stay back because he had football practice. So he stayed with a friend, but we hauled the two littles. We drove... Um, all the way to, to Minnesota, dropped them off with, we had family at the family cabin, then carried on into Canada. And I just, I mean, our family update does, or the branch and farm update does not have enough time on this podcast to tell you <laughs> the roadblocks we encountered. We could not find places to stay. We almost had to sleep in the truck. We missed the, I mean, it was like, I was like, is this God's sign of saying like, this cabin's not supposed to work out, but we ended up making it, seeing the cabin and um, we're not making any, you know, rash decisions as a family. But that is I. we left Friday evening. We drove through the night um, and got back Monday afternoon. So literally in a little more than, what's that? A little over 48 hours, we went from, you know, central Nebraska into... Ontario and then back down. Um, oh my gosh, so. you guys are
1: nuts with two littles. I, there's like yeah. you could not like pay me to attend that road trip with you. I, when I called you on Monday, I was like, "Hey, sorry, I like literally assumed yesterday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I assumed you'd be in the car." And yeah, I you was were, like, no, I'm, I'm home, home already." And I was <laughs>
0: like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> so what what did you guys do this weekend?
1: Um, so the mine kind of goes back to what I was sharing out at the beginning too of like summer coming to an end last. Thursday, Daniel and I were having a conversation. And I was like, honey, you... Like it is the end of summer (laughs) and Daniel kept saying like he had all these big plans for Guinevere on the dairy and just, I, you know, just life kind of happened. I mean, he's taken her on the dairy. Don't get me wrong, but he just wanted to do very specific things with her. So Daniel's been taking Guinevere in the mornings, um, the last few mornings and doing different things. And it has, she has really, really loved it and really enjoyed like learning different things than she's gotten to do before. Just because a lot of times I feel like by the time we meet up with Dan, a lot of like the early morning chores and work are done. So she did the beef cow list with Dan today. Last week, she gave like an IV to a cow that was uh, needed fluids. So I didn't share about this on Instagram because I just, I don't know. I didn't want to get into the whole conversation, but Guinevere actually gave – two cows and IV that day. And one of them did not make it. And she was just really sick. I think she had pneumonia. Um, they always like treated her, did all the things, gave her antibiotics, um, gave her fluids. She just didn't make it. And I was like, so nervous when Daniel came home about how she would react and just that she had helped care for it, but she actually did really well and like handled it very, um, maturely. And I was, I was very proud. I was just a little bit on the nervous side, but it all worked out.
0: Yeah. I could see how that would Cause just maybe a little bit of anxiety as a parent
1: yeah she's just a, my like super compassionate kid and so especially around animals and so i just wasn't sure but i think she's actually while she's very compassionate she's also very like i don't know it's pragmatic the right word about like very realistic about yeah. it and so um yeah she did good so i really loved that for them they did another thing this morning and so it's been a lot of fun. Um, and it's fun to hear her stories, like come back and share, like what she's learned. And so that's my farm update is that Guinevere has been learning all
0: the farm things this week. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll move into our currently coveting, our weekly obsession. Um, and this one is actually kind of a little bit of a small business shout out. So this is Wild West Kids Books. Um, and I have actually, gosh, year and a half, maybe close to two years been ordering these books. Um, I actually have met the owner. Her name is Becky. Um, this is a company out of Canada. She attended one of my rural rooteds last year. And so what it is, is like a monthly book subscription and you, excuse me. So I get the monthly book subscription, but there are options for like quarterly or one-time gifts or something different. If you felt like you didn't want to, the monthly option. But what it is, is a box that comes to you curated and it has three books in it and they're all targeted around agriculture, ranching, farming, rodeo, Western, like kind of the lifestyle we all live. Everyone listening to this podcast lives. And so it's really great because it's books. I mean, one of the things that I found, I guess, with Tad was I'm a super avid reader, but with children, I feel like you have to find the right material for them. A lot of them, at least. I think there are kids out there who just will naturally pick up and read, you know, maybe anything. But uh, for me, I really struggled to get Tad to read when he's younger because I felt like I couldn't find books that he was interested in. And so I love that Becky does these books that are centered around like what our kids are passionate or interested in. Um, I feel like those books are kind of harder to source and she does a really great job of finding them. And so I just feel like it's a really great way to instill that you know, hopefully the love of reading in your kids um, if you get them off on the right foot with these books. And so the other really neat thing about the box too is that she includes like activities and, you know, a few other things with the books that are great for kids. There's a recipe to make in there. There's like a kid joke. There's, I love the, she has a little, like good farm, good deed of where like you can put out, you know, bird seed to the birds or feed the cats or like ideas, you know, to, to instill like the love of animals and animal husbandry in children. And so I'm just I'm obsessed with Wild West Kids book. I've, I love Becky as a human. I love this business, you know, from a business standpoint. And so I just can't get enough enough of Wild West Kids books.
1: I didn't realize that you had met Becky. I don't know how I missed that in all of our conversations about this. Like, I didn't know she went to Real Rooted. How cool is that? Your only person from Canada. You're like international. Real Rooted is like yeah. No, there was
0: another Canadian woman that has come. Oh my gosh, that's
1: amazing. It is. Um, I really so I've gotten one of these subscriptions. I'm on a quarterly, and I just got my quarterly package in, and my girls loved it. It was like C is for Cow. I think is one was their favorite one. That's the title of it. And I agree, like it just, um, my kids have a lot of farm books they really love. Actually, as you were talking, I was like, we should absolutely connect Becky and Jess since Jess has farm kids Oh, books. yeah. We should make that connection. But um, yeah, like my kids are gravitate towards those books. Actually, Guinevere has a book about like write, a little girl riding dirt bikes, and it's one of her favorite books because how many books out there about little girls riding dirt bikes? You know, like when your kids feel connected to something, it's just they pick the book. They want to read it. They love, I don't know. I just think that it's so powerful. So we loved our books.
0: So, we actually have a code for anyone listening who wants to use it. It's code Elevate. It will save you money off of your first box. And they make, um, they obviously make great, you know, subscriptions for your family, but I've given them as gifts. They're good for, you know, grandparents to give to grandkids or I've given them for people who are having new babies. Um, Cause sometimes I like to give a gift for like if they're siblings and the new baby is getting all the attention. So, they just, it's just a fabulous, you know, website to have on hand. Um, if not for your family, for, you know, a family close to you as well.
1: Okay. Well, that was our today's currently coveting. So we're going to go ahead and go into industry news. I selected this topic. So if it's okay with you, I'll maybe take the first stab at it and then you can jump on in.
0: Yep. Take it away. So this
1: is actually our topic of conversation today is the Inflation Reduction Act. And I don't know, initially when you read that, you might be like, well, what does this have to do with ag? But it actually has like a lot to do with ag. $40 billion are going to ag programs out of this, which is I mean, the the bill in its entirety is $740 billion. So not a small amount of money. Um, but the fact that $40 billion's is going to ag, I feel like is, is good. Like, I, I feel good about that amount. And so the main things it's going to go towards is a lot – it obviously has a lot of climate change, you know, issues in this bill. And so a lot of it is going towards USDA conservation programs like EQUIP or CSP um, C or the RCPP, lots of things like that. I also found a few other things that, that were interesting to me that there is some going to the U.S. Forest Service to try to reduce uh, wildfires. And then there is also some that was added in by um, the Arizona senator. Mm-hmm. She added in $4 billion for for uh, drought relief in the West.
0: Yeah. So I was actually most excited for the conservation portion. They, I'm afraid to give quotes or actual dollar amounts in case some are different. But this one I is- have some if you – it this well. This one says about eighteen billion into the four different conservation programs. So does that yep. match what that, yours and has twenty
1: billion. So between eighteen and twenty billion goes into conservation.
0: Okay, perfect. Because I think they are so well. I mean, we I've talked about this before, but we just work so closely um, with our NRCS through this you know, the conservation student program. So we do a lot with our, the CSP. And for people who aren't taking advantage of that, and it sounds like from some of the stuff I was reading, because I'm always like, if you're not, do it. But it sounds like people were trying to and there just wasn't enough funding to actually fulfill the amount of farmers who are interested in partaking in things like this. But I mean, the more money we can put towards, you know, things like cover crops and um, we do, a, we did a habitat, which I actually just saw an article that like I think the monarch butterfly is like now in danger. Um, So anything we can do for pollinators, and, you know, soil erosion and all the things that, you know, this conservation, these efforts and this money is going to go towards. For me, it's like the ultimate win-win because it's like, it's what I preach. It is, you know, preserving our planet while nourishing the people. So I was really excited to kind of dive into the conservation portion of it. Yeah. I
1: think that the conservation portions get a lot of like bad wraps. And so a lot of what I did in my previous job was actually help producers apply for equip funding. So this was like a large portion of my job and I would get so much pushback from them and it was like, you're going to do this anyway. These upgrades and these changes and these new like practices Why wouldn't you like apply to, you know, get funding to help you? Like you're going above and beyond. And just because I feel like there's like, I don't know, a negative like association with some of the different programs, not all of them, but like, I know for equip, like you could apply for, um, like on. Rangeland, like getting water out to your cattle, like you're going to have to do that. So like why not apply for funding to help you with that? Um, I know also out here in the West, we have like a lot of fields that are having to be converted into dry land farming. And there's actually a program that will pay you to shut off your wells. Well, if your wells aren't pumping anyway, like it's not a loss to you. I mean, you're going to lose that you don't have irrigated farmland anymore. So why not take the assistance of helping you with that transition to dryland farming? And so there's just so many things. And I will second what you said that a lot of times there wasn't enough funding to go around and that people were trying to make improvements and do things better. And so this money just helps like. It go further, so that and so one of the other parts of it beyond conservation too is cutting down on farm costs. Mm-hmm. So there's like provisions for um, installing solar battery storage systems, all sorts of different things like that that I thought were
0: interesting. There is also for anyone who's listening, who is maybe in a rural area, but not tied to agriculture under the energy portion, I guess I'd call it energy. I don't know. They're doing a lot with like uh, renewable energy projects in rural America that I think will be interesting to see and kind of follow what that actually looks like. But I think that's great for, you know, again, as an advocate of rural America and, and those towns, um, it's nice to see maybe a little bit of energy going in, into those areas.
1: Yeah. And then one other area um, or another area is farm debt. So we have an increase this year in farm debt in this country. And so there is some debt relief packages. Um, One of like there's two different portions to it. So one of it is actually farmers who've experienced discrimination in the USDA loan programs, which I found super interesting. I'd love to like have someone um, on fieldwork, we interviewed like Kamal Bell, who has talked about like discrimination in the USDA program that he experienced. Like, it would be so interesting to talk with someone like him if he reapplies and gets access to that or I don't know, just kind of the farm debt par- portion of it, I thought could offer some value and do some good things.
0: Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, on paper, all of these things look great. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Like how will that, That's it's two billion, two point two
1: billion 2.2 billion is payments to farmers um, who experience discrimination and it caps you at a half a million per producer. So like it could help a lot of producers, but I would just love to talk to ones that apply and see what happens. Like what does it actually look like to follow through on these?
0: Yeah, um, I saw a lot of, I mean, I feel like we've kind of highlighted some of the positive talk about it. I did see a lot of people concerned that you know, this is just a kind of a repackaged. What was it? Build back better. Um, yeah. and and I did see some talk about maybe this got pushed through without as much. Um, I mean, it got pushed through really quickly and without some weigh in or I don't know. I I um I wish I would have saved that article. I, I have reading. a quote. Okay. Do you want to um it the bill passed fifty one to fifty. On votes, I feel like that's pretty typical, though. I mean, right? Like usually it still sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I think there was some. Oh, gosh, I wish I would have saved the article I was reading. There was some conversation about I just don't think that there was like weigh in from all of the different, I guess, you know, congressmen or that would have been involved. So I don't know. I think there's obviously stuff to consider. It's a large portion of money. So the rest of that quote says,
1: Democrats, quote, unquote, successfully blocked most of the 41 proposed amendments set forth by Republicans. Yeah. So obviously a very, very partisan bill. Mm-hmm. Where else? Did, I saw something else. Joe Manchin was obviously kind of like the deciding like vote. Mm-hmm. He was the one that was – he said no to the other ones. This was the one he finally agreed on. And, and- so it's – that's actually,
0: he. when I asked Luke, when I was like, hey, did you see this pass? Like, what are your thoughts? Um, that was one of the first questions he asked me. He was like, you know, what did Joe, I w- he was just curious to see like, you know, who voted yes and who voted no, I guess.
1: And obviously a big piece of this that we haven't talked about is
0: how are we paying for this? I know. How is this being funded? <laughs> well, that's why I said on on paper, these things always look great. Like, yeah, sure. Give us all this money. Give us all, you know, we could take this more. This would be great for agriculture. This would be great for rural America. But we got to take a step back and also be like, okay, what's this? You know, how does this? I don't know. That's getting into talk of like inflation and economy and everything else. But, you know, it's a very intricate system.
1: Yeah. So the, the way they're doing that, they're planning on imposing a 15% corporate minimum tax. That's what the article I'm reading. I don't know if that had changed when it finally passed or not, but that's what I saw. And I guess I'm also like, obviously we're looking at only $40 billion out of the 740 billion, but I'm was expect considering we're reading ag articles. I'm surprised there wasn't a little bit more about food. Like this is the inflation reduction act. So what is actually being done to like reduce inflation, I guess. And like, mm-hmm we had another week of record high inflation on food. I think I heard that this was the highest inflation for four weeks in a row compared to 1970 or something. Don't quote me exactly on those numbers, but it was a lot of inflation. Don't
0: quote us on anything on here.
1: In our show notes, read the article and they yeah. quote them.
0: Um, this, is just, this is just candid conversations. Just guys.
1: candid conversations <laughs> we're discussing. But I just would love to g- – I need to do more research on the nitty-gritty of like how it's affecting like our food system and what our like grocery store prices will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that I didn't get a good answer for.
0: Every time I read these or think about these bills too, I just think about like, who are the people that read through all this? You know what I'm saying? Like how big was the team for each, is it Senator or Congressman to like to go through the actual bill to see if they want to vote yes or no. I was like, I, can you just imagine being like, okay, you are in charge of pages one through 1000 and you know, like tell me what's good in there. Tell me what's bad. Like, how does it work? I just get so overwhelmed when I think
1: about that. I have the bill pulled up. Actually, we can, we'll include it in the show notes too. But the bill that I'm looking at, that's a direct link to it, is only 730 pages. So that is $1 billion per page. Page. (laughs) Do you think there should be more? Like, I just think there should be more substance to this. Uh, It's kind of stressing me out. Oh, yeah. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, PDF from democrats.senate.gov. Like, it's it. Yeah. So $1 $1 billion per page of this document.
0: I wish I could make 1 billion per page I wrote. <laughs>
1: no. Actually, it's over 1 billion. This is only 730, and the bill is 740. That's kind of, I guess that's surprising. I would have thought it would have been longer. Me too. I envisioned like a, a huge And like stack. I, a lot of this is. You know, not meat and potatoes of it. It's like Appendix A, Appendix B. Anyway, getting in the weeds, but it is. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I feel like this is one of those things that, like, we won't probably know for. Have you two read anything years? about timeline? Like, when it all, like, it's been passed now. What? Literally, the quote I'm looking at right now says, "While a timeline and additional details on the package are still evolving, <laughs> we are encouraged to see that investments in working land stewardships were retained from previous versions." See, and so. that's what's
0: crazy too. It's like, how did we pass this through without even a timeline? Don't you think people should have been like, I don't know, politics is sometimes just too much for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I like the conservation. I like the debt part of it. I like the Forest Service, but I just need to see the practicality of it.
0: I think big picture for me, what I like about it is it's taking the carrot approach, which is where it's like rewarding you for, you know, doing good instead of like what we just talked about last week on our candid conversation on Thursday, which is how we're like taxing and doing, you know, negative for agriculture. And so I do appreciate that it's like incentives to, again, better the planet, better our food system instead of like punishing us or or taxing us for, you know, the negative.
1: That's such a great. Yeah, absolutely. I love actually ending on that because that's the truth. The incentives are so much better than the taxing that we read about in New Zealand. So that that if there's one positive you can take away, if you don't like the bill, at least no one's being forced to do anything. These are voluntary programs incentive based. So yeah.
0: Okay. Drum roll for
1: our recipe. Tara's favorite segment of Thursdays. Oh my gosh. And I'm really excited about today's (laughs) like every week. Um, This is homemade syrup. It's butter syrup and it's from Allie Kelly of Longbourn Farm. If you don't follow Allie, I highly recommend it. She actually has a cookbook that's all slow cooker recipes and it's Amazing. But this butter syrup, it's exactly like it sounds. It is syrup you make from butter. And I swear once you eat it, you will never go back to regular syrup, maple syrup. And I'm, I get why I'm biased. I get I'm a dairy farmer and I love butter. But this syrup is so good. I would literally just eat spoonfuls of it if that was appropriate. Maybe it's appropriate, but... Yeah, I mean, you do you, Tara. Don't let anyone else stop you. It's so good. I'm trying to find like the recipe so that I can share what's all in it. Um, Oh, here it is. Yeah, it has um, butter, sugar, milk, honey, um, vanilla extract. Oh, it's great. I'm actually
0: excited to try this because I have mentioned before in these conversations that... I have a picky eater, Jax, and one of the things he always eats is breakfast. And so we do go through a lot of syrup. And I actually, I love to buy syrup because I'll buy like the nicer and try and support like direct to consumer syrup brands. But I'm excited. I mean, that's, those aren't cheap. So I'm excited to kind of mix it up and maybe try this butter syrup. Um, on my own.
1: One of the, I think the day I actually ended up trying it was like we were out of syrup, and I was already like, you know, pancake flipping deep into breakfast, and being like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we don't have syrup, and I'm not gonna like run all the way into town to get syrup, and like, don't have, I'm not calling my neighbor to get syrup either. So I was like, I was remember seeing it, and then I tried it and once. We had it once, and it's like now a fan favorite in my now household. Of like, yeah, Saturday morning
0: breakfast. For anyone listening who has a recipe they want to share with our community, we love to feature your guys's. So feel free to DM them to us on our Elevate Ag page or email them to us or however you want to get them to us. We would love to feature one of your guys' recipes with our community.
1: And as always, if you guys love today's episode, I hope you guys will screenshot it, tag us, let us know what was your favorite part. If you try our recipe, let us know. If you have conversation to add to the Inflation Reduction Act, we would love to hear it. So we can't wait to see your story shares, DMs, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.